Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Divinely Crowned Conversations podcast. I am your girl, Davina, and I am so grateful that you decided to tune into this episode of the Divinely Crowned Conversations podcast. Um, before we get into this episode, I just, you know, like I always do, want to make sure to remind you guys to like this video, share this video, you know, interact with us in the comments. You know that I like to have you guys comment and we like to comment back. So make sure you are engaging with us and also make sure you are subscribing to the, the podcast on Apple and Spotify and make sure you are on divinelycrown.com as well as following Divinely Crown on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You know, y'all, all you have to do is put Divinely Crown in the, com in the Google search and you will see us everywhere. Um, also, just some reminders. I like to always remind to that I am currently taking new coaching clients. So I also have a summer special. So if you are ready to get on your self-love journey or just enhance your self-love journey, make sure to DM me and we can set up a, a connect conversation. Also, remember, I just launched my digital bundle, my self-love digital bundle. You can get that right now for only $37. So you better get it while it's hot. And as well as don't forget August 11th, if you are in Erie, we I am volunteering with the SafeNet summer event garden party. The tickets are on sale now, so I would love to see some of my people there. So get your tickets. You can go to the SafeNet website and get those tickets. But all those announcements, look, y'all, I'm getting better at my announcements, okay? <laughs> But yes, so after all those announcements, it is time to introduce my divine guest tonight. I know her as Daja Ray, but she is now going by Ray Sharice, okay? And so I would love for her to introduce herself, and we're going to get into this divinely crowned conversation. So why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Hi guys, <laughs> my name is Dajeray or Ray, um, and I am a plethora of things, mm -hmm. um, entrepreneur, I work in recruiting and talent acquisition, and I do all kinds of coaching and mentoring and nice. <laughs> nothing for, for on paper and paid yet but people are definitely using my services I love it <laughs> listen it's okay it's a process for yes, sure. yes yes so and we're definitely going to get deeper into you know the conversation but I always like to share how I know my divine guests so from I'm just like sitting here like okay I believe the first time I ever like met you was through our moms worked at Walmart together. Yes. yes. And I was like, no, it wasn't just our the cousins, no. but it was your our moms worked at Walmart years ago. So I was like, yeah, so we've known each other for, for some years. And as well yeah. as you are cousins with my kids. Yeah, my kids. So yes. <laughs> yes. So, so we've grown up a little bit together, connected. Um, definitely been at events and things together. So I'm excited to have you on tonight. Thank you. Glad You're to be welcome. here. Yes. So Divinely Crown is all about, you know, where we come from, where we're at, where we're going. 
So I always like to start at the beginning. So you're from Erie. I know you don't live here now, which we'll get into, but tell me what young, we're going to say Dajere, okay? Because we're going to go through the evolution of, yes. uh, you know, going into Ray Cherie. So tell me about what young Dajere was like. She was lit, okay? okay. <laughs> and, and that is in so many facets of the word. Um, super, super ambitious um, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Central, okay. was a medical assistant. Okay trade ended up working at St. Vincent like my junior year and stayed there for seven years throughout college and all of that I was on the pre-med track and had plans of being a doctor in the military I actually went to the air force right out of high school I do remember that and got discharged shortly after that oh my god (laughs) unexpectedly and that is just a tip of the iceberg of what life has been okay <laughs> Tip of the so let's go back to this young let, let's talk about young little little girl dangere so like what was your you know dy- family dynamic like who were you before all these things happened yeah I think I was you know a child that had experienced a lot of heartache and Mm -hmm. um, challenges early on in life, Mm -hmm. but still had a lot of joy in me, Mm -hmm. um, despite the fact. So um, I was, I'm the first grandchild. Okay. I'm the oldest child Mm. of both my mom and my dad's kids. Okay. And so, you know, I spent like the first five years just basking in the glory (laughs) (laughs) of like, you know, being the only one. I think it was five years. I can't remember. Listen. I don't know how, how behind Dejana is my first cousin. Okay. Yes. And she is the next grandchild. Okay. So I can't, I don't know how far apart we are in age, but it was about three to five years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh my mom, my mom and my dad, they were 16. Wow. When they had me. Wow. So very young yeah. parents. Yeah. And um I just through different challenges, ended up in foster care okay. with my sisters okay. and uh, ended up in my grandparents. They ended up taking us in mm-hmm. when I was 10. Mm-hmm. And that's when I moved to Erie, okay. like back to Erie, because I was born here and then mm-hmm. moved away for a little bit. And so moved back when I was 10 and I was raised here wow. until I went on to be an adult. <laughs> wow. I definitely didn't know that. So you're the core of who you raised you was your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell me like, like, how did that experience kind of shape you? Like 16 year old parents. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even just living <laughs> with my grandparents, like it's like one of those houses where it's like all these people running in and out and around and family members mm-hmm. and Sunday meals and, you know, you, you have something somewhere and then it's missing and mm. you're like, who took my, you know, so it's definitely survivor of the fittest yeah. type of environment. Um, but it definitely made me super resilient and who I am today. So like what, le- when you say like super resilient, like what kind, what would you ex- like, what would you say? Like how, how is being resilient for you? Like, what does that look like? Okay, so there's levels to it, yeah. I think. <laughs> that's what I was like, because I know everybody has their own, what that looks like. And I, I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing that, but like, what does your resilience look like? Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, there's, sorry. I know, we gonna, that's you, me, because I'm yeah, like, I was used to like, <laughs> I am too, girl, I'm trying to, you're good, you're good. She had to switch her, uh, the chair was like, 
She's making a noise with her, uh, making a whole concert over here. It sounded like a watchtower. I'm like, what is that? Oh, that's me. Sorry. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'll just let you talk. And so, yeah, so uh, resilience to me, it just looks like, you know, no matter what life throws at you, you know, what challenges you face, you just endure mm-hmm. and you go through it mm-hmm. and you, you, it's not that it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not that you won't cry about it. It won't mm-hmm. be that you're not depressed, yeah. but by the grace of God, you get up every day and keep going forward. Yeah. So. Yes. yes. I can, I can totally agree with that as well. Um, and like I said, I think, like you said, like there's levels to resilience. So even, you know, just sharing that is like, yeah, that that's very true. Like being able to pretty much get up and keep pushing through the obstacles you face. Like I know quite a few people that have been raised by their their grandparents. Um, and I do feel like there's like a different dynamic when you are raised by your grandparents. Um, actually, my dad was pretty much raised like, well, I mean, he had his my grandma, but like a lot of times he was with my grandma. So like, tell me like what that experience was like and how maybe you feel like that has shaped you even till in who you've become. Yeah, so because I was super ambitious and like went on my own path and journey and like you know I'll be the the cousin or sister or whatever to have kids later in life Mm. you know I had the luxury of like being like one of those like new age like women that's like you don't have to cook and you don't Mm. like you know you can eat out and you know it's not no (laughs) problem about (laughs) (laughs) right but deep down up in there Mm -hmm. you know I was raised seeing my grandma cooked meals for the family and that was a labor of love and Mm. I look forward to being able to do that for my family one day and like my children one day and and just even like you know I think I'm like you know, part of a dying breed because mm. I have that old, that old school fabric of my being. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like the morals, the decision making, mm-hmm. the way you like handle people that do you dirty. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things have been ingrained in me from mm-hmm. being raised by my grandparents. And I think those are beautiful things. I know that, um, I, and I feel like I have some a lot of those same morals as well. Um, and I know mine comes from probably being in like a faith, fam, a family who was, you know, in the church and things like that. And so like you saying that, like it is, it is almost a dying breed. Unfortunately. And, and it's, and I, I was just talking to somebody recently. I was just like, I miss kind of those things like that, that kind of labor of love and that those connections and those, those feelings you get from having those type of qualities and believing in those type of way of living. So it's like, ah. it's like genuine, yeah. unconditional love. Yeah. Like- unconditional love. I think that we do struggle with that, that unconditional love because everybody kind of wants to be right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and with some good reason and stuff like that, but yeah, that, that genuine love that, that forgiveness yeah forgiveness like let's talk about that and even uh you know I'm I'm sorry I guess I I guess it's assumed but it's not assumed for your population and your audience Uh so I'll give the context of I was raised in the church as well Mm -hmm. so I have that foundational piece like you yeah and so yeah that definitely carves out like why we Mm -hmm. show up and Mm -hmm. how we show up the way we do yeah so I know that I've had quite a few different people that were raised in the church and everybody has their own views of being raised in the church. 
and their own feelings and their own experiences. But like, tell me what like that was like for you. Um, because I like people know, like I love, I love going to church. I love the Lord. Like um, I'm learning him for me, but like, I know that is a hot topic in our world today. Like that faith and that relationship versus religion, all those things. So like, tell me that experience for you. Even now you have made to worship on your shirt. So it's <laughs> obvious you are still, you know, very like strong in your faith and things like that. But like, take me through that journey. Girl, you got the open Pandora's. Uh, I mean, okay. listen, if you don't want to go there, we don't have to. You can make it short and sweet, whatever you want to share. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're raised in the church. And as a child, you know, you're still just trying to understand what church is. Mm -hmm. As you become a teenager, you start to be more rebellious and you don't want to go to mm -hmm. church because you're like, why do I have to be here? Like, yeah. this is crazy, yeah. you know? And then... For me, I went off to college and I went to IUP. I wild out, okay, <laughs> in all of the areas that you could think of. Sis was lit for day one, okay, and you know it's part of my story. I used to yeah. be um, like, what is the word? I used to feel some type of way, like condemnation about mm -hmm, it, and like mm -hmm. guilty and mm -hmm. like ashamed, but. Now I embrace that part of yeah. my journey because yeah. now I can say that even in all of that, somehow God kept me, you yeah. know, and he protected me yeah. and made sure that I was in my right mind mm -hmm. and that I didn't, you know, anything bad really happened to me, nothing like that. And, and so many people don't have that same mm -hmm. testimony going through college mm -hmm. and having blacking out drunk nights mm -hmm. and like all kind of craziness. So mm -hmm. I'm just thankful for that. His grace was yeah. on me in, in those moments. And then, Actually, when I was in college, I like wowed out for like about a year, year or so. And then I started singing in the choir oh, at, in this college, like <laughs> church, you know, and I, you know, had that moment. But it was just like, I guess I realized like when I was I was trying to be better mm -hmm. than, you know, what I was subject to at that time. Mm -hmm. But when I looked around at the people that was singing in the choir and quote unquote, God fearing mm -hmm. students. I was like, y'all just as bad as these <laughs> the other people. Like what? This don't make sense. That? This is not, I can't reconcile this. Oh. And so, you know, I just kind of had a huge, long lukewarm season. And mm -hmm. so for anyone who's not, you know, aware of what lukewarm means, it's in by the church standards, it's like you're halfway in the church, halfway mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that I just was so wayward. The Bible talks about um, like if you're like basically like if you are not anchored in Christ and in God, that you can just uh, a double minded man is unstable, unstable in all his ways. ways. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like. You know, that's kind of where I was. And and unfortunately, I experienced that for most of my 20s. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I was in out of a bad relationship. Mm. I was in Erie. Mm -hmm. uh, crazy, crazy relationship. Like high speed police chase, crazy relationship. <laughs> and Yeah, I got my own stories there. <laughs> <laughs> like, life on the line. And so wow. I had to make a decision. And um, in that relationship, I'll share this. In that relationship, I was so, like, 
torn mm -hmm. because I knew that I was deserving of love, but because of like some of the things I've experienced earlier in life, I had dealt with like home and abandonment issues and mm -hmm. things like that, rejection. So I had this person who quote unquote said they love me and like I'm in a relationship and I'm trying to make it work and I'm trying to understand like what's enough to deal with and not to deal with. We had just got past a, a domestic violence dispute where I had basically told the courts that I lied about mm. when there was physical evidence when mm -hmm. the police came. Mm -hmm. But I said I lied just to drop the charges. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I had that moment with him and I was just like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Of course, he sat on the floor all light skin and crying. <laughs> And I was just like, <laughs> and, crying. <laughs> and crying and I'm just like, well, you know, yeah. and so, um, but I remember, you know, we were going through these different things and I was in the bathroom one day at my apartment and I prayed to God. I was like, God, cause I'm like thinking about full, I'm so forward thinking. I'm like mm -hmm. spending the rest of my life with this person, yeah. like maybe yeah. having a child, yeah. like, you know, and I was just like, God. I need you to show me if this person is for me. Like, I need you to show me in a big way because, you mm. know, oh. I don't pay attention to your subtle signs. Mm -hmm. Literally, <laughs> these, this like, is the conversation. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't pay attention to your set of signs. Please just show me. And not even 24 hours later is when we went on that high-speed police chase. Wow. He was driving. I was in the passenger seat. Wow. Car crashed. He ran out. <gasps> Just all these things. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've never been in trouble in my life. Like, I've never, like, I'm, I'm a good girl. Like, yeah. I've always, and so to go through that, I was just at a crossroads. And something in me, which was the Holy Spirit, was mm -hmm. like, you know, you deserve better. Mm -hmm. And and I have better for you. Mm -hmm. You just have to believe. And so yeah. I made a decision that I was going to move to Charlotte. Uh, three months later, I started packing and selling everything out of my apartment. And I drove down to Charlotte with one carload, came back um, and worked for that last two weeks. Mm -hmm. so packed up that last carload, went to Charlotte and never looked back. Wow. Yeah. And that how many years ago was that? So it's so funny because I'm literally to the day, eight years. Well, happy eight year anniversary <laughs> of leaving and starting a new life. I know, but you know. So, wow. So as of today. Um, so it was the end of July. Okay. And I, 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 it was between the 24th or the 28th. Wow. So it's like right Look at the cusp God. of like, ain't that crazy? Yes. And eight is the number of new beginnings. New beginnings. So yes. there are things happening in my life that are like completely out of my tro control. And I'm just like, okay, yes. what is this going to be? You know, wow. I don't know. So that's wow. First of all, thank you for sharing and being so transparent and open about that, which is what Divinely Crowned Conversations is all about. But like even just going to where you were like, I was in my bathroom praying like, God, send me a big sign. And when you ask him to do something, <laughs> they say, ask he, you shall receive. You will, the you shall <laughs> receive. And you talking about, you know, you had this domestic um, violence kind of situation where you, you end up lying to keep this relationship. So that kind of triggered, because I know that nowadays um, we talk like 
people, I somebody was just posting, I saw a meme like, can we stop making toxicity and relationships normal and things like that? And I want that to stop being normal. I don't know why, where that came from, where it's been highlighted, but like, what would you share with someone who might be in some a similar situation as you as you or what you've been through um, to kind of help them through maybe what they might be going through right now when it comes to that experience? Yeah, um, I think it's hard to see mm-hmm. beyond your circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even think mm-hmm. of life beyond this person that you think you love, mm-hmm. right? That you believe that you deserve this mm-hmm. level of love and you have to separate yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first step is like being out of that toxic environment, mm-hmm. like moving, whether it's just like a month away or like, you know, like whatever you can do. Cause I know a lot of people have kids and mm-hmm. things like that, but just, you have to separate yourself. Like yeah. you, if you had a block, change the number, delete all your social media. And that sounds extreme, it sounds extreme but man. for your sanity and for your peace, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then after that, I think you just have to seek God. Yeah. Like, God has the most purest form of love, of love. and yeah. he will wrap his arms around you and just really just console you and help you to see what he sees, which, mm-hmm. you know, understanding like you don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. You're better than this. Yeah. Like, even if you have to be alone, some mm-hmm. people just don't want to be alone. No. They don't want to sit with themselves, them thoughts, their traumas. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. Doing the work is hard. It like, is very hard. So much. It, it <laughs> a str- and I tell people that it does. It takes a strong person to want to heal because the healing journey is not an easy one, but it's worth it. Um, like I, I've, I've even realized like, wow, this is, hard but look how far you've come look how great things have been and even though you you, you've had like you said people are afraid to sit with themselves and I just had this conversation with somebody too about just like people are are scared to know exactly who they are like we we through all the traumas and things we've been through it's almost like oh my god who am I like and how you said sitting with yourself is like it's it's not always easy. It's mm-hmm. kind of easy. It's easier to just hold on to that hurt and mm-hmm. sit with it. And I I know I know I've been transparent quite a bit about just my experience with being in similar situations. I mean, I ain't never been in a high speed chase, <laughs> but I've been in other things that I'm like, I'm a good girl. I didn't see this growing up. Like, what is happening? But yeah. um, but yeah, you're right. Being able to like take those chances of maybe cutting off social media and cutting those ties and and, and I always tell people, like, get your community. So, like, speaking of getting your community, did you feel like you had anybody at that time where you can lean on through this process? Honestly, no. Mm. It just, and, and I think sometimes God requires us to be in those mm-hmm. seasons of isolation. solitude and yes. isolation because he wants us to only lean on Oh, him. yeah. And yeah. so that he can do the things that only he can do and mm-hmm. heal the parts that only he can heal. Mm-hmm. And so kind of what it looked like. Charlotte was my healing journey Yeah, because I've completely transformed into a whole different person. That's like beautiful. I was the eerie, turning up, lit at the bar, like, <laughs> you know, ready to fight whoever that oh, got wrong. Listen, like who? sweet her like, voice who? is and she ready to fight people. No, oh, like, girl, like lining up baby mamas. <laughs> like I didn't had all of those experiences <laughs> and I'm just like shaking my head. Listen, girl. you are the definition Get of you delivered. Okay. <laughs> Delivered and set free, yes. but 
it, it Charlotte was like the beginning of my healing journey. So, you know, when I moved to Charlotte, I didn't have much family, mm-hmm. but I had went to college and didn't know anyone. Yeah. Four years later, you know, a whole bunch of people from yeah. Erie and then make your own friends and all these things. So I was never like fearful of like going. Mm-hmm. I just knew I had to go. Mm. And it started out as just, you know, a couple of people and just, you know, over time you you start building friendships and you find out that you have other family members in the area mm. and things like that. But um, finding a church home, mm-hmm. which it found me, is kind of like the begin was the beginning of my uh, healing journey. Yeah. And so, yeah. A good solid church home is everything. We um, went to... South Carolina this past in April. My best friend and I have been talking about this because it's like, I will move for a church, okay? Because <laughs> that church was everything. We went to Travis Green's church. Oh, okay. His wife had a conference and it was amazing. So for you to say like, you know, that church found you, it's like, I know, like church family to me is, we grew up in church and I feel like regardless of whatever the beliefs, but those were the times where you, you made your family, your connections. And it was just, it was a fun experience. I do have to, I have Latoya in the comments. She waved and put the crown. Hey (laughs) sister, she'll be on in a few weeks, but yeah. So you talk about, so faith is obviously a really big thing for you and Mm -hmm. having those connections. And so when you move to Charlotte, like, tell me, take me through that, that journey. Well, you know, I moved. I did not have a savings. Oh. I did not have a job lined up. Uh, wow. I just have my stuff. <laughs> wow. And my mom, um, she lived like 40 minutes, 45 minutes outside of Charlotte. Okay. So I started with her and living there, but I was ended up working part time. So when I left Erie, I made up in my mind that I was leaving the medical field too, because mm, I had okay. did like all of the behavioral Listen, health you were about to be doctor and the leg sure about to be a doctor, <laughs> everything. I was done. Nope, oh none of it. God. Don't want it. And so, um, but my first job was still medical. It was working with children, okay. troubled youth. When I tell you, these children was like I seen. Eight-year-old girls fighting on the playground like grown women, cussing each other out. Like, it was like, where am I at? And they all got Southern accents. (laughs) This is crazy. Where am I at? You can see a little bit of yourself. You was up here beating up people. I have Darius in the comments. He said, hey, cousin, hey, Hey, cousin. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm like, these kids, how do you know how to cuss like that? Oh, my God. so I was working part time and commuting an hour and a half oh. because traffic was like, yeah, I was either I was working third shift. So I would get off at like eight in the morning and that's like rush hour traffic mm-hmm. or I'd work during the day and get off at five because oh, they had like a school yeah. program. So I was like falling asleep at the wheel. Oh my God. <laughs> driving back and yeah, forth. That's like a huge culture shock in <laughs> itself because like eerie we can get anywhere in 10 seconds literally compared to like big cities so that was probably a huge culture shock oh seeing a whole bunch of black people was a culture oh, shock that i was like oh my gosh just it's so many black cool. people everywhere <laughs> like i was i swear it was a culture shock i was just like wow not the black people at the banks at the hospitals yeah, at the fast food represents those- at the it just was everywhere yeah, yeah. but yeah so i was commuting working part-time didn't have a savings 
Bill's getting behind. Um, but long story short, ended up working for a company and working for another company and working for a whole bunch of other companies. <laughs> I wasn't afraid to quit a job. Listen, okay? <laughs> I just was telling somebody, I'm like, I love our generation because growing up, I feel like it was like, you got to, they want you to stay on your resume. They want you to stay at a job for so many years. And now we're like, no, this doesn't serve me. We're going on to the next. It's yeah. bigger and better every day. I think sometimes that people be going overboard I, with it. Like, yeah. you got to have a little bit of work ethic. Well, and you yeah, got to stay. Sis, like, if you really try to get to your job every exactly. other month. Like, exactly. Give it some time. It like, might get better. Yeah, but. You know, I worked a whole bunch of different jobs. I took the time to, like, really think about what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So, like, even thinking about, like, why I chose not to be a doctor. I was in my junior year of college. And when I was in eighth grade is when I made a decision I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm going to do everything from now until, you know, to be on the right track. I don't want to be one of those students that in their junior year, they changed their major. Only to be one of those students in their junior year. Okay, <laughs> tell God your plans and he'll laugh at them. Yeah, but <laughs> I was just like, I had a moment with myself. And I think that is so healthy and like a mm -hmm. crucial part of transformation is like self-reflection and talking mm -hmm. to yourself and like really being honest, mm -hmm. right? And I was just like, you know, haven't been raised the way I have, haven't seen how my grandma is present and cooking meals. And, you know, it was just like, I do not want to have to compromise or choose between my career and mm. my children and my family. Wow. And I'm like 21. Hey, I was going to say, you were you, what, you, you, you thought that? my junior oh college. My okay, fair and, enough. But, I was, had my first child at about 21, 22. So, so that, yeah, uh, but I was just like, you know, I just really don't want to do that. Because mm -hmm. I had seen so many women doctors, because I had worked for so many doctors, mm -hmm. especially working at St. Vincent. I was in the doctor's office mm -hmm. pool, so I, like, worked around the city. I saw so many women, like, getting divorced. Yeah. Or, like, children coming in, and you could just see resentment oh in their God. eyes, you know? And it's just like, oh. Just like women just have to compromise on so many yeah. levels. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. Oh so it was God. just Your like junior year. You literally have one. Well, how many years is a doc? It would have been one more year until med school. Okay. But you have to think eighth grade. Yeah. All the way up to this point. Yeah. The whole family was like, she's going to be the first doctor, doctor in the family. <laughs> so how was that in itself? Even telling your family, like I, you reminded me of Travis Green, who I talked about. His wife was a dentist. She was like big, like I guess that's her family is all medical. And she decided I'm going to quit and go into ministry. Mm -hmm. And the family was like, uh, what? <laughs> so like, what was your family's response when you, them knowing, like you said, since eighth grade, you're going to be a doctor. We just must get this money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think my family wasn't too hard on me mm -hmm. I think they gave me the space to like change my yeah. mind even though they didn't understand it and sometimes you would still get the people and I still to this day get people be like you still you sure you don't want to be a doctor <laughs> like, like listen I'm here. like I gotta let that go a long <laughs> time ago okay but yeah they really gave me the permission to like and I was probably one of the first in because I was the oldest mm -hmm. children mm -hmm. like on that straight path yeah like you know some of my cousins and siblings or whatever like they had children younger mm -hmm. like so you know college may not have been their first priority yeah, or like yeah. trying to like do it a certain way and so 
yeah, but they were okay. And I was okay too. And I was, I just was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. I was going to say, so what did you decide to do after that? So basically I just was like a string of jobs in Erie. You're Mm -hmm. limited, unfortunately, with the opportunities. And Mm -hmm. so most people, and this is not knocking anyone because a whole bunch of lovely, beautiful women just graduated with ARN. But it's like, being a nurse is kind of the limit yeah. or the cap, mm. maybe nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. but an RN suffices with enough income and mm-hmm. blah, 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 mm-hmm. to make a good living and take care of your family mm-hmm. in Erie. And so I had worked at the Barber Center and like Lakeshore and, mm-hmm. and I kind of went to like the behavioral health mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. And at the Barber Center, there was an HR job that mm-hmm. was open and I went for it and ended up getting it. Mm. So I went from being a direct support professional to working in HR because this was post college. This was after college. Wow, I had yeah. my college degree. I just finished it out. So where did you go to college? IUP. Okay. So you were still in PA. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I came back home. And so, and I was so far along that I still had biology and chemistry minors. But um, I saw I was a medical field anyways, but in my experience, so I just went the working at the barber center, working at Perseus house, you know, one job full-time, one mm-hmm. job part-time, just trying to make it. And there was an HR opening. That was my first introduction to HR. Wow. And I was killing it. Like I'm a hard worker. I've been working since 16. I've been, ki- you know, yeah. I worked at JCPenney. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, I, I was, you with that, too. <laughs> that was my first my job. Mom, yeah, mom, I work with Your mom. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I love Annalie. Yes. And Shout so, out to my mama. She don't want to bring. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I, I went into HR there. But unfortunately, that was when I was trying to figure out, like, what I was going to do mm-hmm. career wise. And I told them I was going to nursing school. Fun fact, if you're working in a job and you're not sure if you're going to do a thing, don't tell your job that you're going to do a thing because they're going to hold you to it. <laughs> St. Vincent did the same thing. Like, oh, well, I thought you were going to nursing school. Uh, but then I got accepted to nursing school, but I couldn't pay for it. Yeah. So now I have to work. Like, give me like, a full-time position. A, yes. <laughs> but they was like, nah, you know, like holding out on yeah. me. And I'm just like, wow. so then I went to be a group home manager for like, Four months. And it was the worst four months of my life because it was at the same time that all those things were happening happening. with my relationship. So that's like trauma on top of trauma (laughs) because group home is a, a lot. A lot. Could you imagine running a group home for $13, $14 an hour? Like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. But no, and let me not say because there are people that are called to do that. And we I definitely we I know our these group homes need people that are called to do that. Just like people are called to be a nursing. And I am not one of them. You talked about like be I remember my mom would be like, you know, the medical field is like where the money's at. So I'm like, I am the most queasy person, like to the point where my mom's like, I still don't know how you had two. But either way, I'm like, well. Okay, I'm gonna be a dentist or an orthodontist. That was like way young. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't wanna do that. I want to be Oprah and I wanna be a teacher, like mm-hmm. all the things. So I've always switched things. So Yeah, but- so that was like my introduction to HR. So fast forward to Charlotte mm-hmm. and saying I'm done with the medical field. You know, I worked a few different jobs, like a call center mm-hmm. and like I was serving a lot and things like that. That's where Ray came from. We can okay, we can yes. go back to that we in a minute. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, so then I got the opportunity to like quit my job, 
and I just really did it. It wasn't the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God, when you pull up to your job and you got to work at eight o'clock and you get there at eight o'clock in the morning and you don't want to get out your car because you're just miserable at work, it's time to go. <laughs> it's time. Maybe that's a message for somebody. <laughs> if you're feeling like that, it might be time to go. Okay. It's time to go. Your confirmation, okay? Yeah, so I quit my job, and I was like, I don't know what's about to happen, but God, you got mm. me, right? And then I ended up doing, like, fundraising, mm. which is, like, knocking door to door, asking for money. That sounds... <laughs> Listen, you got to get it how you live it. You got to get it out the mud. Not okay? knocking door to door, asking for money. Like, oh, my gosh, it was, like, an ex-convict guy oh. who trained me. Oh on that job like it was just he was nice whatever what were you fundraising for for like a children's foundation uh-huh. or something so you're talking about when you because it's like a, i can now i'm hearing the kids thing like was that ever like a desire for you to work for or with kids no no it just so <laughs> and happened. i worked at a daycare in Erie. oh my god it just happened okay. those things just come you know you, got, you, you just have a nurturing spirit though, yeah so. yeah yeah so but that's <laughs> not my preference at all so i did the fundraising and then i even like ubered okay. for like a month mm-hmm. and i was like falling asleep behind the uber oh wheel goodness, girl. <laughs> and, and, and it was so crazy right when i was about to do like 10 hour days and like you know uber is not safe for women, let me tell you. you oh, because you were Uber and not Uber eating. You were Uber, Uber. Ubering. Yeah, I don't, I would, yeah. And it was like right I, around the time that that girl in California was like found or something, oh. got killed. And so I call myself thinking I'm about to rev it up and be doing 10, 15 hour days just for like $70 Ooh. and wear a tear on my car. And then I get a letter from Uber and it's like, we're sorry, but we have to. Uh, revoke your Uber account <laughs> because no, it was nothing for God. He stopped it yeah. because I was going too far and trying to like take wow. it into my own hands and make a living, you know, in the interim. And I had like a a summary offense from fighting like a long time ago. <laughs> That I didn't even know it was on my record, and, and I have been getting jobs this whole time, like. It was just like, you know, like when it was drunk nights at the bar and then I got took to a holding <laughs> cell and then <laughs> this sounds so bad. I've never, okay. but wait, can I just say the amount of people I've run into that have had those nights. I'm just like, one. But have had any experience that people like, oh, you never had that. I'm like, no, I never, but it's like more common than I realized. So. Yes, yeah, so I paid okay. a fine and then it was like a guilty Good. plea, but it was just a summary something. But because... Uh, Uber is like facing, like people facing, they cut it off. Lyft didn't even yeah. approve me, and I didn't understand why. Ah. But it definitely was God like intervening because yeah. I was getting it, into Uber dangerous is, territory. Yeah. I just was, uh, so all these things are problem. I just was reading how they said, like, what you wonder why, like, cabs had the plexiglass, like, y'all, like, Uber, you need to be having those things too, or like providing maybe people with that. Like, you got to put this in the back. I don't know, yeah. measure out the cars and. Send them out to the people because yeah, Uber can be. I would do Uber Eats. I yeah. feel like that might be, but Uber for women, yeah, it's bad. Scary. Like a man sitting behind you and anything could happen. Anything. Anything to, like... I don't know what's go- shoot. Well, thank God that you he protected you. <laughs> so I okay. went. I wanted to get back into HR and I couldn't because I didn't have enough experience. I only had that year and mm. some change. You know, when you work a job, if you're mm. trying to get into a new field, you need at least like couple years mm-hmm. of experience and I had different jobs all over the place all of my jobs is yeah. on my resume 
Um, so I ended up getting an opportunity just coming to me to work for Walmart corporate. Okay. So I sent that and that was HR and I've been on that little HR track. Ever okay. Since. So you're still there now? No. Okay. That's but a whole just- other thing. I could go all day with you. Dude. <laughs> I got so many stories. Like it just, <laughs> well, God's like, goodness. Listen, I love, but that's part of the journey is this every stop. So you talked about, we like your name is something big to you. I love my name. Funny story. I used to want to change my name when I grew up. I was like, there's no Davina. Like, I think I posted this somewhere. I'm like, you can't find Davina on key change, all these things. I was going to change my name. Now I love it. But you <laughs> you are, go by Dodge Ray, but you also go by now Ray Sharice. And you said this is kind of a big thing for you. So take me through that journey and that evolution of Ray Sharice. Yeah, it's kind of like Bernice Burgos. Okay. Ray Sharice. Mm-hmm. You're so funny. Black China. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry, those are bad well, references. I, technically, I go by this divide, so I can understand. Yeah. Yeah, no. So really, it's just the Ray part. Like, it kind of took on its own life in Charlotte. Basically, okay. I was serving for quite a few years, like a side job. And I was working at one of my roles were like in a like very expensive country club. Mm-hmm. So it's like the elite white people in Charlotte mm-hmm. basically go to country clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> country clubs are huge in the South. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically like a golf course and a restaurant and, you know, like tennis courts and like all of these things for like the family to come. And yeah. like, you know, so they, they sign up for the country club or whatever. And then you, there's a restaurant. So I served and like bartended mm-hmm. and dealing with people of the different races <laughs> and the name pronunciation issues. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're not about to do this. I'm not about to be going through this crap. So I'm like, call me Ray. And it just took on its own little oh, started out as R-A-Y because that's how it's spelled in Dodger Ray. Yeah. And then I'm like, it looks too manly. And people are always asking me, like, you'd be surprised how many times people say, I say my name is Ray. They say, how do you spell that? You know, it's like, okay. So I put an E at the end to make it like feminine, you know, Mm -hmm. but Sharice is my middle name. Mm -hmm. So Dodge Ray Sharice is really my name, but Ray Sharice is how it evolved. So Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about that because I know that I've struggled with people with the name thing and I remember one time somebody's like, why do you guys name yourselves like your kids that and stuff like that? But like (laughs) Did that ever have an effect on you? Especially Absolutely. You said, yeah. Absolutely. First yeah. off, I think my mom spelled my name wrong. Let's start oh there. God. <laughs> but God bless her. She, she was only 16 at the time. Listen, you know. You're right. You're right. But if you would have at least just put, just put an A in front of the U, then it would have been Da, like daughter. That's okay. it. But because it's D U J. E-R-A-Y, it looks like Dujere or Dujere. Yeah. And that's what I got all my life, my whole entire life. I always have to. Do you let people, you correct everybody every time? No, I stopped correcting people no, mid, I, middle see, school. I, was like, <laughs> I used to be, uh, I used to feel like, okay, it's okay. And then I got older, I'm like, no, you're going to say my name right. And you can remember it too. It's Davina. And then yeah. I get my sister too, is Devana. Devana. So mm-hmm. it's that's a whole thing too. <laughs> but it's like, well, no, that's my sister, but I'm Davina. Like, so, but I, I think there's so much importance in our names. And like when people don't take the time to know them or like make it a big deal of like you were born with this name, like respect, put some respect, respect on my name. Yeah, I had a high school teacher. Um, 
And he was so mad at me because by the senior year, he was like, why didn't you tell me I was pronouncing your name wrong this whole time? Another teacher just corrected me. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) But I do feel how you feel now because depending on like where you know me from, I'll I'll either go by Dajere or Mm -hmm. Ray. So like professional settings, they always get your government, Mm -hmm. right? So my day job, everyone calls me Mm Dajere. And I put a phonetic spelling Mm -hmm. on my Zoom. So like, if you Listen, don't know how to pronounce it, you will because this is the phonetic, yeah. the phonetic spelling of it. But then, you know, I give people permission. Like, Ray, if it's so hard for you to mm-hmm. say Dr. Ray, Ray, and yeah. that's fine. Too. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I hear you. And sometimes it's like, is it worth the stress? But that's something in the, the my older years. And even my daughter, my daughter, she's Ramaya. They, Ramia, I'm like, <laughs> Ramaya. <laughs> And please, like I tell her, she'll correct you. Like this, it's Ramaya. Okay. Do you think it's spelled how it sounds? Um, I think I should have put the apostrophe, like R A apostrophe M I Y A H, but I put it all T I and I just capitalized the M. So maybe that would have helped a little bit. Like, no, no, people could just either get it right or get it wrong because they call me Divina, (laughs) Divinia, like it's Divina. So it is what it is. But Mm -hmm. I always wonder when people like have those issues because it is. It's a, the names are so much. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so because you're from Erie and you've moved, I always like to ask people that have moved, like, what is your maybe advice on even people that are maybe thinking about moving? Um, things like, like, or might've moved and want to come back. Like what is, what is some advice you would give them? Yeah. So when it came to like transformation and like really becoming a new person and a healed Mm -hmm. person and a better version of myself, leaving was essential. Mm. I had to leave Mm -hmm. to be this next version of who Mm -hmm. God wanted me to be and to go through all of the things I had went through. But I think when people want to leave, they overthink it just yeah. like they want to start a business mm-hmm. just like they want to lose weight mm-hmm. <laughs> like keep you it simple overthink yourself for months <laughs> and you're still in the same place you could have been yeah like, like yeah. my pastor said keep I'm it guilty. simple saints keep yeah, it simple, keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. and so it's like just do it don't, you don't have to have oh, it Lord. and i've struggled with that myself i'm yeah. still struggling uh-huh. with it because this can lose a couple pounds now but <laughs> I'm just. I know. <laughs> Listen, I know. But I'm like, you know what? This is the body I got now. I'm right. gonna be all right with it. But it's gonna be, it you know, here. it's gonna okay. be, you know. Yeah, I change it up all the time. There you go. But um, <laughs> really, just taking the step is yeah. it's a it's a faith walk. Mm-hmm. You know, life is a faith walk, and you really have to do a thing before you see a thing. Mm-hmm. Like you have to believe a thing before it's there. Yeah. Like, and I think that's what moving is. Yeah. It's just you know. Even when you have children, I know, like, sometimes I think people are paralyzed by their children. And the fear of, like, doing it wrong or moving far away or, like, and it's like, you know, but there could be better on that other side. You know, what's the worst? Don't be talking to me. What's the worst that could happen? But people know I've always wanted, I've been wanting to move since before I had my daughter. I had my daughter. I'm like, we're out of here. And then I got pregnant with my son. I'm like. Okay, and we're out of here, we're out of here. And now it's almost like you got you get comfortable, but then it's also it is. There's that like, okay, this is our our security system is here, our family, like what am I gonna do like without these people in my life? Like so I I can be the first like I'm definitely I'd be like uh, I really I my heart is to move. 
Like yeah. everybody who knows knows I want to leave, but it's just that that it's special to have you have kids, even though my kids want to leave. If I said <laughs> we're moving tomorrow, they'd be ready to pack. Maybe with it, so, okay? Yeah, yeah. and this and I think that's just you know trusting God. Like mm-hmm. you trust God and you give God a thing, He'll create mm-hmm. another family, another mm-hmm. support system, another community to raise your children. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you should let that stop you, but um. If what I is- end up moving, next year y'all gonna it's be thank Dodger Ray for her encouraging words. And it's, it's so crazy though because as you're like trying to move away, I'm thinking about coming back. Okay, so take me through that because, like I said, the moving back, and I feel like there has been there. I don't know if this is just a, a our city thing or what, but it's like people shun people for that or like for moving back. back in or in that. So take me through that. Like you're saying, like I'm trying to move back. Take me through that. Yeah. So I've gone through that plenty of times and I've had my friends be like, girl, who cares what people think? Mm-hmm. Do what's best for you, mm-hmm. you know, because I've thought about that maybe at year five. Mm-hmm. I was very homesick in mm-hmm. Charlotte. So probably by year two, three, I was like, I'm ready to come back. Mm-hmm. Like, I need my grandma's cooking and I'm like seeing my nieces. I have nieces and nephews now yeah. and I like want to be a part of their lives and I just feel so like unconnected, right? Mm-hmm. And I dealt with that like what are they going to say if I yeah, move back? I'm yeah. just going to be just like everyone else that mm-hmm. moved back. And, you know, so it, that I can honestly say that stopped me from moving back. Mm-hmm. Also, because I was thriving yeah. in a whole nother city and there was no real, in my mind, legitimate reason other than, you know, just feeling homesick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have the resources, you can just come and visit, mm-hmm. but you don't have to stay, mm-hmm. you know, and that's nice. But as it pertains to like my thought process of thinking about moving back now is just like my grandparents are getting older Mm -hmm. my nieces and nephews are getting older like I'm like you know trying to figure out what this next next couple chapters of my life look Mm -hmm. like as I would love to settle down and Mm -hmm. like have children and like and I couldn't imagine being away Mm-hmm. And like, see now you know why I moved. Not didn't want to move all the way yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing. See, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. Staying a little longer, guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> see, I'm but it's, it's all about yes, you yes. and where you are and what you want out of life and yeah. what your yeah. quality of life looks like and what do you want that to yeah. be? Because no, I could easily have kids in Charlotte, right? Oh, yeah, and have like, but then my my sisters won't be a part of the journey important. and like. You know, so I don't know. Well, I'm yeah, I'm sure. Listen, I work from home, so I have the flexibility have the to flexibility. be living here cheap and yeah. be stacking my money. Listen. And then maybe the get next a couple chapter. businesses up okay. off the ground, listen. like you know. The sky's the limit. Okay, yeah. there's that's so much, but that's but I love to like you to get your insight on that. Like I said, like you even said, like you know, what will people think about me and things like that, and. I saw another post. It was like, well, people all loud when they leave and when they come back, they're they all quiet. quiet. <laughs> you you're right. You're right. Because I tell and, nobody. <laughs> well, you better hear first on the Divinely Crowd conversation. You're going to have to see, see me my, at the store. <laughs> no, like, oh, you back. Listen, you yes. back. Listen, and that's okay. But like, yeah, we, sometimes people do give you a little loud when they leave <laughs> and then be back and be like, Wait a minute, when you move back, 
Oh, like two years ago. You've been quiet. No wonder. Yeah. Let's talk about privacy, though, because okay. when I first left Erie, I was that person. Okay. Like, Charlotte this, Charlotte that. <laughs> like, you know, and over as time progressed, as I got older, now I'm like, I don't tell nobody nothing. Uh, I don't tell nobody where I'm at. You will find out the episode where days <laughs> after the fact. Like, I don't know why, but like, I don't know if it's because of COVID or like just growing up and maturing, but yeah. I'm like such a private person. Now. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I can definitely hear you on that because I was, I think I just posted recently. I'm like, I'm realizing how much of an introvert I really am. Like, as I'm getting older, I'm like, yes, I do all these things, but like, I'd rather be by myself, chilling at home, or like with a few close people. So I do feel like it's like as you're getting older, you realize like the 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 um, importance of just being more private and not having to share your whole life with everybody. And like you said, COVID. I think for me personally, I feel like COVID um, exposed a lot of things that it's like, oh, I gotta protect myself and I gotta be keep more private than letting the world know all my stuff so yeah, yeah. and it's just like how do i become an influencer <laughs> or a content creator you gotta, you gotta, and I, I don't want to talk to these people on social media <laughs> no more like so god is dealing with me in some areas listen i am so <laughs> there's such like, thing as a social introvert and actually a friend of mine chris he he's like Davina, he's out here like he does video video like he yeah he does videos and he's around people every day but he's like yeah Davina, i'm a social introvert too and i think he gave me a book on it. i gotta look at it but listen when you're called to do something you just gotta do it and yeah then, and then but just, also take okay your, office yeah, hours <laughs> yeah like there that that part of um it's like you you can pour out, but like you need that time to recharge. Mm-hmm. That is so me. So it's like you'll find the balance. Mm-hmm. Listen, he done got you this far. He'll get you farther. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So exactly. you said you wanted to be a content creator and influencer. So can you share a little bit about that? Well, it kind of started and then I put it on pause and I wasn't consistent. It'd and like hey, that. that's where we at. <laughs> like Not, honestly, okay. It is like my life's mission mm-hmm. to do this, like mm-hmm. to have these conversations, to encourage others, to get cute and <laughs> you pray our eyes out oh, and be yeah. crying and, you know, like, yeah, but to just show up in a way that just makes the most sense and help the most people and like encourage and like mm-hmm. that person that feel like they can't even go one mm-hmm. more step. Like I want to help those people mm-hmm. like just one more step says you can do this. Yes. Like, you know, I, and there are, there are people called. I do feel I can re- definitely, you know, I can relate to that. So yeah. I can listen. And when the time is right, it will all fall into Well, place. I do have a podcast. Mm-hmm. It will be coming back out Yay. at some point. Don't know when, but there's an Instagram page for it. If and you I, I did follow. tag her. I did tag her in so you can follow Ray on there. So with you talking about that kind of gives brings me into my divinely crown questions. It's always go with the flow, but I always have some questions. And with you talking about, you know, um, wanting to be an encourager, I always like to ask, you know, because divinely crown is all about self-love and confidence. And I always like to ask, like, what does confidence look like to you? I have versions of confidence, right? 
So one version is like boss woman on her stuff. Mm -hmm. Pencil skirt, cute top, <laughs> puffy shoulders, yes. pumps, cute yeah. bag in her hand. Just so like ready to take on the mm -hmm. day, handling her business, having conversations, making moves, all that. Mm -hmm. That's like one version of confidence, right? Yeah. Another version of confidence is like resting in God mm -hmm. to like know. And I've, I've reached this place. I need to get back to this place. But, like, regardless of anything mm -hmm. that happens, like, there's, like, this just this peace. Mm -hmm. Like, every situation, there's no problems. Mm -hmm. There's just solutions. Like, you speak life if yeah. if, the, if the situation looks dead. Yeah. You Ooh, pray yeah. over that thing if you need to, you know, see a change. Like, yeah. you believe in God and you speak it out of your mouth and you speak life and confidence in God is confidence for me. Yeah, like, oh, that's good. Like, confidence is God is confidence in me. I do, and I, I tell people that too, like with the whole oh, being caught, like this this brand and my journey of like self-love confidence, like I didn't do this in my own strength. Mm -hmm. I did this with the Lord and, and God and I will never not say that. So I, I definitely hear you when you say confidence is God and God is confidence in me. Okay, I love that. That's a word. So another question I always like to ask, you know, on our journeys, we've grown, you you know, changed your name and all the things <laughs> and even the things you've said you've, you've been through in your past. I always like to ask, like, what is something or what would you tell the younger version of yourself? Dodger Ray. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what would I tell the younger version? Oh my gosh. So many things because I was dealing with so many different elements of things, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was dealing with perfectionism mm -hmm. and like having to be the best and having to do everything right and mm -hmm. setting the example for my younger siblings yeah. and cousins. And so like free yourself from perfectionism. Ooh, yes. Like it's okay to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, the quicker you fall down, the quicker you get back up. Yeah. I think sometimes like, in, you know, how I said I was lukewarm for, mm -hmm. like, most of my 20s, it was because I didn't have the the resiliency in my spiritual walk mm -hmm. and knowledge of who God was and mm -hmm. God and me and having mm -hmm. a relationship. But to know, like, you're going to fall. No mm -hmm. one's free from sin. Everyone's going to fall. Mm -hmm. Like, that's mm -hmm. why Christ came to save yeah. us, you know. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, if you could just fall and then turn right back to God. Yeah. Like if you could just fall, get back up and then just try again, like facing him. Mm -hmm. There were so many times the enemy would like get in my head and guilt and shame, condemnation. And I would just continue on the path, <laughs> like fall and just keep going that yeah. way, you know? And the, the, the faster that I like was able to turn back to God, the better things could course correct and be mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. So I would tell myself that let go of the perfectionism, you know, do what makes you like what truly brings you joy. Cause you know, we came up in the social media age and mm -hmm. so we could see like people relationship goals mm -hmm. and being on yachts and all these things. And it looks so great. Right. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they see these people commit suicide mm -hmm. because they're not really happy <laughs> because mm -hmm. sorry to say it. They're not really, no, Oh, you know, painting like, this yeah, picture. Me and that energy, like attention is like a whole adrenaline rush. And like when, that yeah, on social media you can see that, but in behind closed doors, where that where what are they looking like? So, yeah, so really just focusing on that inner joy mm -hmm. and that inner peace and that mm -hmm. inner you. You know, mm -hmm. everything else will just come from the outside. In. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. That's good. Well, listen, 
on this journey you're on. Those are great things to remind. And like you said, with the perfectionism and I actually um, that when you said like being the oldest and having all these things like people looking up to you and you like you're the one that can't really make the mistake because you have so many people looking up to you and being able to remind yourself now like that you don't have to be everything for everyone and that perfection. And um, I know so many people who are the oldest struggle with that. I know my daughter, we talk and I try to like, you know, it's almost hard. Like, it's like, you're the oldest, you should know. But it's like, I also try to say, it's okay. Like you can make mistakes. So even as a parent, I'm trying to like be more aware of don't put that pressure on her because she is the oldest Mm -hmm. and talk her through those things as well. So yeah, because I had the weight of the world on my shoulders Mm -hmm. and no one put it there except me. Mm-hmm. It was the the internalized mm-hmm. expectation mm-hmm. setting, you know? So it was just yeah. like... Wow, that's... I mean, that's... Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I always like to leave room. I say the royal mic. One day I'm gonna have, like, crowns on these mics yes, or something. Ma'am. But, like, for you to, like, share or say anything you think, like, oh, I, I wish you would have said that or share or ask this question. Like, is there anything that you want to... Day, the mic is yours all the way. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> no, I think that um I'm just glad that everything worked out, you know, because we didn't know if this moment yeah, was gonna happen. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> so I guess I would just speak to my eerie folks, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's who your population is. It's like if you want to leave. No, nah, no, nah, girl, don't say that because everybody. Well, no, everybody. <laughs> sorry, but you have a large eerie yeah. population and following as well. No, I'm yes, yes, I it's international, true. sis. <laughs> it, it will be if it ain't right. Okay. Speaking. And so, yeah, eerie people, I love y'all. Yes. Like this is where I was born. I'm not gonna. I mean, I, I really. You're getting on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> I feel like that. You're getting on my nerves, but I love it. Listen, I love the people in it here. Yeah. And I just want y'all to be great. I want y'all to feel loved. I want y'all to love on me. Yeah. I'll be here probably for another couple of weeks. Okay. Unless I relocate back. We'll see. More to come there. You but... might see her at Walmart. <laughs> just mind your business. That's all. Mind Say your business. Mind your business. <laughs> yes. But if y'all want to leave, leave. Yeah. If you want to come back, come I'm back. Bad. It's okay. Like, well, Ray, Dodger Ray, I thank you for, you know, being on this podcast. I always like to get my flowers. So I am so proud of this journey you've been on, you know, even just, um, you know, you inspire me as a a woman of God, like in your faith. So just keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to see what's next for you and everybody be looking out. Make sure you follow her on her social media. I linked it in the um, description of this show, but I'm also going to put it in the show notes, but yes, thank you for your transparency and your willingness to share your journey. And I hope that it inspires and encourages others who either watch later or listen. Remember, like I said, make sure you go subscribe to Divinely Crown on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, as well as all the places at this point. All the places, people. (laughs) Just put it divinely (laughs) crowned. But all right, guys, thank you for those who tuned in and watched and commented. And remember, until next time, you are divinely crowned.